How about that, by the way? <laughs> that Louis Latte, L-A-T-T-E, Latte, know the name. And and over on KFGO today, uh, either Dan or Doug was saying, maybe Joel uh, was saying that uh, now now we follow him. That that was a Little League highlight of a kid from California, that, that Little League team represented by kids from the El Segundo, El Segundo area, or in the L.A. proper area. And uh, Louis Latte, L-A-T-T-E, uh, great name, uh, Lappy or Latte? Lappy, I think, L-A-P-P-E, I think is the name. I didn't catch all of the Little League World Series. I think it's Lepke. I know. It's not Lepke. I think it's L-A-P-P. I think it's Lappy. I'm trying to get okay. the, I think it's Lappy. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, he hits a, uh, oh yeah, Lappy, L-A-P-P. Uh, so he hits a walk-off home run to beat Curacao in the Little League World Series. And I said, oh, that's it for him then. I mean, that's a, you can't get bigger than that. And then one of the guys said, but maybe he could. Maybe yeah. he goes on and and and, and does he? I said, what? He becomes like, Bryce Harper, who was right. in the Little League World Series, right? Right. So. right. Does he get a walk-off to win the Babe Ruth World Series? And then in Shelby, North Carolina, gets a walk-off for the Legion World Series. You and never know. Collegiately, hits a walk-off for his college team. And then somewhere in... Fifteen years, it's a walk off to win a. I mean, incredible story. I'm, I'm getting, but that's come and gone. It obviously, it was big this year, Derek, because North Dakota had a team represented for the first time ever in the Little League World Series. So it was kind of big this year for the uh, for the crew. Not bad. It was one that I think people around here will remember for a long time because of how it ended. The fact Fargo was in it. Yeah, it was a. What a great uh, month and change uh, just talking about this, for sure. The uh, couple things, and uh, good to have you on board today. If I, I, I'm i refreshed, but also pooped. Have you ever done this when you've been on like a road trip for a week? Well, I guess this one was about a week and a half and change. Uh, I know Derek's tired because a lot of stuff gets <laughs> dumped on him when I leave. So you're probably pooped from staying back on the road trip I just well, took. Well, yeah, it's, but, it's all right. But and, and obviously I've got duties too more than just Red Hawks. But on the road, but you ever get a, go, you're gone for a week and a half out of where your normal place where you work at, and you're tired all over again. Like that first day and a half, it's still like you're wearing right part of that road trip yesterday. But I'll tell you, when that charter bus last night at midnight or one or whatever time we got in this morning hit the outskirts of Fargo, North Dakota. You could just feel grown men, you know, like giddy to be home after a 10-game road trip. And I'm speaking about the Red Hawks. And it was a 500 road trip. And, you know, they left in, what, fifth place? Or yeah, somewhere they're sitting pretty now. Came back with two-game lead for fourth. So it was a good road trip. But you could just feel it, Derek. Like, these guys were like, thank goodness. We got off that bus unloaded at Newman in the middle of the night. And they're getting their cars and pulling their blankets out with today for them being an off day. Uh, this is just what they're going to need. Yeah, yeah well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So what, uh, seven games now we got uh, coming Seven. Up this is uh, seven games to wrap up the regular season. The Lincoln Salt Dogs two behind them by two back. games. Yes. So Port- here we go. Important to note, the um, uh, the Red Hawks own the tiebreaker over Lincoln. So important to note for fans out there, you know, because the Hawks are trying to get in and then repeat. Uh, they own the tiebreaker, so not, Lincoln can't be tied with Fargo Moorhead mm. at the end. They've got to be ahead. They got to win. 
they got to be ahead. So technically, I guess we would say maybe it's two-plus game lead over Lincoln. So Lake Country, that's a dogfight. Do I suppose I've asked you this before. Do you like the way it's set up? It's a 12-team league, two divisions of six teams in the American Association. Four teams go to the postseason. The first round is a best of three. The second round, the divisional, is a best of three. And then the Miles Wolf Cup Championship, or the AA Championship, is a best of five, with the caveat being the winner of the regular season division (laughs) chooses which team they want to play of the other three. So there's your whole thing there, Derek. Which, right, Uh, you and I have talked about this past two years. We've just talked about the fact that it does create a little bit of angst then because you're saying, we think we can beat you more than that team, which is, you know, that's bulletin board material for sure. Oh, you chose us? Yeah. And here's the deal. If it was up to me, if you're asking me, I would would much rather have the top two – in a best of five series, and then the then the division winner gets to choose whether they want the first three at home or first three on the road, or or the uh, or for a first two on the road. You know what I mean? I right. Do two and then three. I mean, because that's so hard. But you're trying to reward the winner. You know, winning a division should be you should get some reward. Now, all three games at the. But here's the kicker. <laughs> So say Kansas City wins the West, which it looks like you know they'd have to really they'd have to screw that up yeah. pretty bad this weekend. <laughs> It'd be tough not to. Yeah. Uh, they're going to win the West, and they're going to look and say Fargo gets in, Fargo Moorhead, and uh, Sioux City second, Sioux Falls third, Fargo Moorhead fourth. Let's say that's how it ends. And 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 of course there's some of the Red Hawks campus thinking I don't know if Can- even though Kansas City is nine and one against the Red Hawks, this team is starting to hit again. I don't know if that's who you want to pick. Plus the geography, I don't think you want to. You know, and I don't know if they want Sioux City because Kansas City has been thumped by Sioux City. Yeah, this they're year. picking Fargo, right? I mean, I would say they yeah. would pick Sioux Falls. Okay, even though Sioux wow. Falls has been red hot, I my guess would be because I don't know because here's the other caveat on that. Yes, they win the division. Yes, they get to choose one of the other three, but then geography that you go on the road. Oh yeah, for the first game, you really want to. Travel nine hours to yeah, play the cut three play hours the Red, off your trip yeah. to play the Red Hawks in their house with I the worry you. with the chance of maybe not winning that game going up against maybe a Kevin McGovern and you lose that and all of a sudden that advantage you just had just went right out the window and you've got a nine hour trip is all you have. That's why it's that's why I asked. Is it? I do like baseball, Major League Baseball. The fact that you and the like the Twins are most likely to pay, uh, get the last place wild card. Yep. All three games at Target Field, right? That's how, how that's right. I, that's the way to do it. I mean, this is Major League Baseball, and they figure that out, right? I mean, yeah. we don't. I think that's one thing I would certainly want to change. I think in the AA, and sometimes, believe it or not, the the attendance. You've been at this for many years. The attendance at times you think would be greater because it's playoffs. Some of the venues, it's not. Well, I will. There's say, a lot of things are up against. Well, the, and that's just it. I mean, and you're seeing it now. Around here, right? I mean, I, Potato Days was fun this past weekend, but more and more Minnesota schools are getting waivers to start school before Labor Day weekend. More had started last Thursday because of the construction that they've had, right? Aye. I mean, and, and you know, North Dakota schools are in full swing now for the most part. And I do think that does affect it, right? Mentally, you know, colleges, they're back always the weekend before Labor Day weekend. And 
I think outside the first couple of years, there's no doubt. Newman was full, right? I mean, yep. the playoffs there, but it's it's hard because you're chasing volleyball games. I don't have to tell you. I mean, how many it's, times did you go to, you know, going all across the state of North Dakota watching your girls play right, volleyball? Right. And those are Tuesdays and Thursdays usually, right? So it's, yeah, it's a tough thing right now if you're competing against the fall sports competition. That's pretty fast and furious, especially at the amateur level. I had a gentleman in Sioux City said, and we were just talking about this while we were, I was at the press box there the other day, and he said, why don't they just um, play – end sooner. I said, well, if you end sooner, you have to begin sooner. Or... You're not going to lose that gate. You're not going to lose... Yeah, and if, you, and if you begin sooner, you're not going to begin in Fargo. <laughs> you're not going to begin in Winnipeg. You know, you're not going to begin. So now that affects scheduling. Let me ask you this, and yeah. I know that managers hate it, but because you are within a an atmosphere of entertainment, dollar, whatever... Yep. Because I've said this about Major League Baseball, you know, shortening up their calendar, but having more day-night doubleheaders like on a Saturday. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because my I said the only – he goes, oh, that's right, you can't start because the weather is what it is in the north. I said exactly the same problems that Major League teams have. Right. I said, but you could release the tight. you know, remember the old adage of the, the vehicle that got stuck in the bridge and they were trying to figure out how to get the car through and they just took the air out of the tires? Yes. And was able to, that old parable or story, whatever. And the, um, I said, you could release, you could, you could play fewer games. I said, or you could have built in double headers. Yeah. But in the League of the American Association, their double headers are seven innings. But I would do day night ones. I mean, I would do like a. Do you, do you, you empty the gate? Oh, for sure, and bring him, you know, and bring him back. Yeah, so, so a, a two o'clock. I would do that a, on Thursdays too, or maybe a Friday. I would do like a a noon game at Newman. Take a little break, go around town, go over to whatever you want to go. Then you know, and you could have a whole new. You could right. have maybe outside the season ticket holders a whole new audience that night too. Yeah, it it, it it's an it's a. It's a thing. Save travel. I mean, <laughs> well, you played what six games down in Cleburne or whatever. Yeah. Early? Kane mean, County just got down with a six pack, and all of them like right. depended on playoff positioning. They had six in a row, and we we did the same thing. Six days in Cleburne. I'd much rather have that, and it's a long day for guys like you and people who are calling games yeah. and the people who are working, whatever. But you just don't know what you're going to get May fifteenth, and we go back to what the same story we're talking about. May weather wise, we don't know, and. We're still in school. So if you could wrap this thing up by Labor Day, by starting the playoffs in August, I think it would help out a lot. Just can you condense those things in in May and, you know, get it done? If you're going to go with four teams, I would try to get it done in August and then try to get everything done almost by Labor Day. I think it'll, in, 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 uh, you know, NHL, many teams make the playoffs. It appears correct, right? I mean, there's just a lot of ample opportunity. We've even sixteen seen this, teams. Yeah, we've even seen this in Major League Baseball. You just talked about there's a wild card, and then they'll face off, and then then the other seeds will have a best of you know three all in that house, and you know one and two get buys in Major League Baseball. So it's all this, but it's all about increasing you know more opportunity to develop that you know well revenue and obviously in some factions and it's all about that and i think the aa was like that it's like okay four of the six are getting in so more opportunity but is it josh shop and i chatted about this a little bit more and this could fluctuate as different new teams come into the league and who knows what but part of me in a six-team league division 12-team league six-team division boy if only three got in 
and three played two to play one to play yeah, the other. That would make more sense. Would be a heat. Just think how heated that two, yeah. three. That, that, well, that's essentially that what Major League Baseball down, has done. Yeah, that you race know? down the stretch to right. get to that, that spot. Yeah, I mean, baseball has given the first two seeds a bye, essentially, right, with a three-game right. series. And I'm all for that. I think – I do think Major League Baseball, though, should get their playoffs going a little bit earlier in September, and I, I think that they should go back to 154 games if they're not going to do A-night doubleheaders on Saturday because it gets to be too long. I mean, we ha- we've had November baseball now for the wow. past how many years? Well, the first time it got in November, were you like, wow. It's just too much. November. Yeah, no, it's – and I think it's a sport that could scale back a little bit. If you're going to add more playoffs, I think you need to talk about – you know, unless you're the NFL, which is the 800-pound gorilla, yeah. and you know everything they do, they're like King Midas right now. Even though I don't like some of the changes, it's hard yeah. to argue with the success, right? Where baseball, I think, has to look itself in a mirror, and I think at every level and say, okay, it's probably good to scale back the schedule if we're going to add more teams because that sport with Major League Baseball, 162 games and 100 games in the American Association, or whatever, yeah, you got to reward the regular season more than the other sports, yeah. Uh, it, I really believe that. I mean, NHL and NBA, we talk about so much. You know, they've got 10 teams now in, in the NBA that qualify with these playing games. That's a lot. You're talking 20 out of the 30 teams now can qualify for the playoffs? Uh, That's it, ridiculous. You know, what, what Go it? back and have more. You want to do this winter tournament, you know, this thing before the first of the year thing? How about just scaling back a little bit? And if you want to do more playoffs, fine. You know, the NFL, they're going to go to 18 regular season games yeah. and keep on expanding the playoffs. I mean, they'll be – Having the Super Bowl the weekend before the you know Final Four tournament, which I'm fine with. Well, but, but, <laughs> right, 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 right. But man, it's it's a lot in the sports that are playing 162 and 100 games. How much weight does the regular season? How much weight should the regular season have? You know, I think that's what we end up asking. I ourselves. think it should be like two thirds of a rewarding. Right? I, I really do. I think it, and I, I just think with the American Association, I would. I would go two teams in five game series, or at least like you said. I think yeah. that like a three I think versus two, two one two, to buy. Yeah, if you did, and I would have a three best of three series at the better records home park, and then and go, and go from there. And granted, on that scenario, obviously the Red Hawks would have well, they'd a little, be out have a little work to do this week. But you know, but, they'd be, they'd be, but I get but I like the competition of it. Yeah, you know, that's I, the thing is that it's. I I think it's fine if you're going to do it, but then I would want to start the postseason. Labor Day weekend. It is. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Jack Michaels, Derek Hansen. Is that the great Reggie Funk behind you? Yes. He He's the, the man behind that. Well, not no behind the scenes because he, he rocks the mic on, on our sister well, station. Well, I turned 50, KF, you know, yeah. so I figure if something happens to me, you better be able to figure so if it you, out. Uh, yeah. If, yeah, but you're drinking healthy. You've got a smoothie got over water. there. And I a, have a water. A water. See, you've got water. smoothie. You, you go to your, your office and you have your, your pickled spear for and lunch. A pickled egg for lunch. Pickled egg for lunch. You know, I just I'm gonna have sourdough bread and honey butter for <laughs> right, dessert. Right. So uh, Royce Lewis hit a grand slam, and then uh, then uh, then the, the Twins also got a big hit in the ninth, and then they had a walk off walk, and they took three out of four from Texas, and now they can separate if they take a series from Cleveland. I think we can say goodbye to the Guardians this year, at least in that division. I well, think. this uh, three game series is going to set the tone for that, right? Yep. I, I mean, I would think that it. Target Field is going to be pretty excited. You know, a lot of people down taking this week off. The state fair is going on. This is certainly a, a key weekend where I think they can, or week, I should say, where they could really, you know, you sweep and you get nine games up. You're feeling good about the rest of September, right? Yes. You're kind of, you're kind of, maybe I spoke just a tad too soon, but you're right. Uh, here's their next nine. 
Cleveland, Texas, Cleveland. Cleveland, Texas, Cleveland. Yep. You go one and eight, uh-oh. You go four and five, you're probably okay depending on maybe who the, the all that is. You know, you go six and three, you're doing fine. But Cleveland, Texas, Cleveland, the one and in, in, in six of those at Texas and at Cleveland. Yeah. So, you know, it is separation week. But I think this week, if you win the series, yeah. so, th- so then you're, you know, you're going up by, you know, if you win the series, what, you, you essentially go up by seven, you gain a game, yeah. right? Cleveland's so, just going to run out of games. They're not going to be able to, be, be, with their schedule, not going to be able to catch them. No, if they sweep them, then now where we're at, we're at three games. So if they sweep them and then Minnesota's traveling to Texas with yeah. their buddy Chuck Morgan on the mic down there in, uh, in the, at the beautiful ballpark at Arlington. And Texas thinking we got to flip that script, uh, and then all of a sudden you drop two, and now you come back and go to Cleveland. Uh, you go to Cleveland, and now all of a sudden you're within two, and you drop that series. Nice. And all of a sudden you're tied, and then you've got Mets, Tampa, White Sox, Cincy, Angels, Oakland, Colorado. I love the way it finishes. By the way, but the groundskeepers at Target Field are going to be looking at that spot where both Joey Gallo and Max Kepler tripped. As they were rounding second base, Gallo, it cost them a potential game winner mm. before the game winner on some bad base running errors. I, there was just so many weird stuff going on. That was about as ugly as a game as you could ever I'm imagine. I'm glad I didn't catch much of it. No, and you're busy doing the Red Ox. But one thing is very apparent, and Joel Heitkamp and I were texting during this uh, time, mm. and you get to see it more and more. And boy, I'd love to be talking to Maury Wills about this right now because he was oh, so good at it. But it would be it's base So we got this Ghost Runner thing starting at second. Oh. At some point, Major League Baseball players, because of this goofy rule, have to learn how to bunt. Because I think it's pretty pathetic that you have two division leading teams with the Rangers and the Twins. Their bunt attempts last night in the extra innings were so painful to watch, it would make I think Coach Hansen for Fargo <laughs> went to Little League World Series. It is not series. Major League Baseball. It It is across oh. the board. It is across the board. It's just got to be a tool. I don't care if him, these analytics guys that say it's a waste of an out. Are you kidding me? You you win the game. Uh, home teams do have an advantage. I think you would agree, Derek, in, in this day and age is uh, the way we do it in, in baseball. Home teams have an advantage because you know they're dictated by the visiting club. You know the visiting club manu- manufactures and says we're going to go for one. Home team knows they can they can easily they can just tie it and you know they can manufacture and do that. Uh, if the visiting club rolls the dice and figures well we got to get more than one to win this game, so maybe we do play for that bigger inning. There's out just the home team, you know, has to me that that advantage. Yeah, hey, you just need one. You, you know? know, they, they right. just know because it's not dictated. But you're right about. I don't know how many times Maury turned to me and just said, "Geez, Jack, not like you're trying to shock anybody. You just got to square it around, bite that ball." Some pitchers tougher to butt off than others. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want to lean in over the plate against Duran right. if he's right. <laughs> pitching in the bottom of, in the top of yeah. the tenth inning. But I think your field. point was that they've got to go back and and implement that into their arsenal. Well, if you're going to have this ghost runner at second thing in the extra innings, you have to you've got to. I mean, it just, it's got to be a part of the game now again, just for that and that alone. It's, oh, uh, Trey Lance was traded. We'll get to that. Oh, uh, for, oh yeah. We yeah, buried some large, leads huh? here today. Didn't Trey we? Lance was traded. He's a cowboy. I can't wait to share with you, my, my brother in Dallas. You know, obviously, my brother is the biggest cowboy guy and knowledgeable around. Yeah, Bison, 
losing all their ears right now at Dallas. They're all being alive. How about that? The uh, Garrett Mock waved for the Vikings, and uh, you know what, Garrett, it was not a long shot, I'll say, but I never got to see a guy work as hard. So who knows? Maybe a practice squad guy. We'll see. Uh, Spencer Wagey waved from the um, 49ers. Niners. Uh, so some of those uh, are, 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 you know, it's roster cut time, finalization of rosters, so not easy. But we'll step aside, uh, come back. Doc Phil is locked and loaded. Uh, there's a study out of uh, the CTE study I want to throw past him as well. Uh, Jack Michaels, Derek Hansen, Reggie Funk in the house today as well. We're back with Doc Phil next on 740 The Fan. Weekday afternoon games of Twins baseball can be found here. Correa Bass, he swings and hammers to left center field deep. This one's got a chance at the wall. This ball is gone a home run. On 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor? 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 Doctor. Doctor? What's up, guys? Orthopedic surgeon uh, extraordinaire at Monday Roundtable uh, guest as Dr. Phil always dives into our roundtable. We're always welcome to have uh, Dr. Phil dive into a roundtable. Hello, Doc. How was your uh, exciting week? Tell me and Derek something just absolutely thrilling you did over the weekend. I went to a small town in Ohio called Conneaut, and what I found out is that that is called Steelhead Alley, mm-hmm. and go back in October and fish for the almighty steelhead that migrate in from Lake Erie. Oh, How that? How about that? How about that? That sounds like fun. We didn't even know, Derek, what he did, yeah. and he actually came back, and <laughs> that was actually something that sounded pretty exciting, by the way. Were you <laughs> near anywhere, were you near Barnesville, Ohio? That's uh, a, no, no. We had a, there a potato days going on there. Well, that's too. just it. I, we I learned about all the Barnesills in the country after potato <laughs> days. There was trivia out there somewhere. So, well, a funny fact: there's there's an Ashtabula there. Is it really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but I've noticed in the Midwest, there's a lot of new Oslo's, uh, new yeah. uh, Berlin's, new uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. new Prague. Yeah. It's funny how that goes, isn't it? Uh, Hillsboro. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Hillsboroughs. Yes. A lot of Hillsboroughs. Yes. Uh, the Germans and Scandinavians took over, and they just named their towns to something new. <laughs> <laughs> Doc Phil joins us today at a Monday edition. I'll get to that study. I saw this on ESPN today uh, on uh, CT and 40% of athletes and all this stuff. We'll get to that over there. But I did tease the fact that that Trey Lance was was traded, you know, it, you know, from San Francisco to Dallas, and I, I think I don't have the trade in front of me, but it sounded like a fourth round, some in that yes. area, yeah, probably provisional fourth round, provisional so fourth, maybe right. if he plays and it goes to it a third, advances, yeah. yeah. But you know, in in my personal opinion, is I think that's probably good for Trey because I don't think he really is ready quite yet, and and he can be tutelage or tutelage under under Dak. And, you know, and I, I think that's a good move for him. It gives him more time to, to grow into his, I mean, remember, he's only like 20 years old. Well, it's good for, I agree with you. I agree with you. And and like I said, like my brother was the one that first came out with the same, and I drink Tom Landry's dirty bathwater. You're not going to find a bigger cowboy guy inside the information or not. So he tweeted, so I text out like a, like a text. I went Lance to Dallas. and He texts back, quote, I love Jerry and Stephen Jones. Oh wow! <laughs> like, he's like, all you right, like that move. Huh? Bring in Trey. Oh. Yeah, that, that's a big cowboy guy. So they're loving it. Dak apparently 
And that's a more of a personal. Like they put a mic in front of Dak Prescott, Doc, and Derek. And again, he these guys develop in that quarterback room. They're pretty tight, you know. Whether with the Will Greers and the you know who's their backup, Cooper Rush, you know. So mm-hmm. I imagine now mm-hmm. someone new comes in, you know, pushes out, you know, the the Will Greers of this world, and then also, <laughs> Doc, he can't be. You're not lying. I mean, the deck is probably feeling some of that heat because he's about to step in or not step in to a new contract, which I think the Cowboys have stated in some way that they want to, you know, extend him and sign him after his contract is done in 24. But there really hasn't been much movement there or at least a lot of scutter. So I can see where a, like a Dak Prescott is not fully jumping on board because I agree with what you said, Phil. Trey's got to get a shot. Someone's got to give this guy a shot. The Niners can't draft a guy that high, you know, now have trade him, and he just fizzles out, right? I mean, he's right. going to get a shot somewhere. See, if I was Dak Prescott, I'd look at this as a real positive. Like, okay, this kid's probably the future of the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm the present. And so, okay, I'm going to work through this, but I'm also going to work with this kid and over the next three or four years get him to a point where, well, I'm about done and I get my big five-year contract, you know, it all works really pretty well. Right. So I, you know, I, I wouldn't be so negative if I was uh, Dak Prescott. I mean, I think this could be a win-win for a lot of people. And, you know, and I, I've always said, I just, I was really surprised San Francisco did that. I mean, let's face it, the kid had, what, a year and a quarter in, in college. Yeah. Um, he was still growing. He was still growing into his body. He was a kid. He was, you know, he wasn't really that mature adult yet. And, and I think this gives him an opportunity now to really fully work with that. Go look at the ages of all the quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'll guarantee you that they're probably 26, 28. Oh, for you sure. Know? I mean, it, yeah, it, it just takes a while to assimilate all that data that you've got to. And, and, and But you've also got to play. And, and and let's face it, I mean, Trey hasn't played a lot, and, and so you need that experience along the way. So I think this is a really good move and pretty smart move by Dallas because then it puts a little pressure on Dak's team. They're like, okay, let's get something done here. Come on, let's go. How many – when I say the term franchise quarterback, Derek and Doc, um, and equate it to years, what years do you think of? Well, they've got their franchise quarterback. They should be good for blank years. What what what? How many years do you now think well, of? Minimum eight and hopefully twelve. Okay, I mean, all right. Do you think that's going to change? Do you think that'll change? That thought, that mentality will change in in the upcoming years. You know, I think because of injury and stuff, I'd be more leaning towards like a five to seven thing. Be a franchise guy if you have him for five to seven. Consider that's our franchise guy. Man, that's not very. I mean, you think even to this day though, because I mean, Russell Wilson was with Seattle how long before he finally went to Denver, Mm -hmm. right? And Granted, we right. look at the team to the east of us who's had 30 years of yeah. two quarterbacks, and we'll but, see if but, they have the third one. But are we going to just right. name the the few teams that have had that? Or are there more than we think of? Maybe there's more. I mean, Tom Brady had a good run. Well, yeah, I was going to say, let's, Sam's Tom Brady. Okay. But, Brady had a good run. Rodgers had a good run. But, I mean, if I'm drafting a, a quarterback in the top three, I want him to be there for 10 years. I mean, that's what Patrick Mahomes right. is going to be. And and that's what the forty. The thing I'm just going to pump the brakes on the thing with Trey Lance a little bit is he's still in the same spot he was with San Francisco, but when he got traded, right. I mean Cooper Rush is not going away yeah, anytime soon. Still I still two. have nightmares right. from him the way he dominated the Vikings. So 
there there's right. a lot of that going on and so this is not going to be an easy thing Certainly, if uh, Dak Prescott starts to struggle, they're going to say, hey, let's try the other kid out. I, I get that. That's pretty much the nature of quarter, backup quarterbacks. But I, I don't think there's any doubt. At least you have the owner believing you. When the owner's the GM, at least you know that <laughs> you're in pretty good standing with the because, guy. Well, but, oh, go ahead, Doc. I think right now they're, they're, their stable is really pretty good. I mean, they, they should be really thinking like, okay, we're pretty good solid at quarterback now. Now let's go fill the other hole. Um I, I think Dallas has, has made a very good move, to be perfectly honest. And, I think it fits but what I don't I understand about it, though, is the 49ers, they need three quarterbacks just as much as the right. – and, and so why they would be willing to give him up, I want to know what's going on in the relationship with Shanahan and him or whatever is going on here. Because it's to me, he's almost – Well, the, the other question, Derek, is do we know medically is, is his ankle sound? Right. Too. I, wonder. I mean, that I was, was a gonna, big – that's a big time. I was going to use time. the term – well, that's a pretty expensive quarterback holding your clipboard, but it's not expensive for Dallas. No, <laughs> it was expensive for you know it, but for why? San Fran. They are the number. They are the number one valued sport organization, I think, in the world. Well, right, but I'm they the, but, on that. and and they and they didn't have to draft. Right, and Trey was taken so high for San Fran, I think the expectations for... San Fran got stuck in a spot too, Doc and Derek, where I don't know if they had predicted the, the, the rise and, and production of a Brock Purdy. You know, it's been kind of funky there yeah, in but San I, Francisco. But here's my thing is, you don't know what's going to go on with them. They went to the NFC Championship game with almost not having a quarterback yeah. finish the game. Their defense was just yeah, off right. the charts. So, so you have a situation now where they're going to have the third quarterback thing in because of that. And now if... The guy who's coming off a very serious injury himself gets hurt again. And Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold. I mean, we know what we got with him. And if he gets dinged up, well, then where are you sitting? I mean, I'm just – I know that he's expensive, but everyone's under the same salary cap, whether the 49ers are less of a value of the the Cowboys or whatever. What I'm saying is Trey Lance is in the same spot he was before he got traded. And the 49ers gave up – him, they wanted him out of there, and they took a fourth round pick for whatever reason. It's, it's yeah. that's head scratching to me. I'm with you, Derek. There might be something hidden there that we don't know about. Right, might be a bit of a smoking gun. Um, and it, it, well, it'll play out. I mean, it'll come out if there was. Um, you and, know how, and I'll uh, say this to you know, Vikings. Jim Suhan wrote a column about this. You know, the Vikings maybe should have took a flyer. The problem with that is. Kevin O'Connell and Shanahan are pretty close, going back to their days with Washington. They got ties. And so no doubt that phone call, no doubt, was made, right? I mean, if you have any sense about you at all, obviously they're going to be talking. And if they're willing to give him away for a fourth-round pick, it probably wasn't the best reference sheet for Trey Lance when he called Kevin O'Connell or vice versa. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there is why the Vikings probably didn't pull the trigger on this. Yeah, yeah. No, Mm. I think you're right. I'll tell you where the Niners are, Derek. Uh, they're at Brandon Allen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's the third. And a, a guy who's former an experienced round backup. Pick, by the way, he's been right. around for five, for what, seven years, you know, former Jacksonville uh, take pick. It wasn't a bad college player. I mean, oh? but still. <laughs> it's not. That's who <laughs> That's they gave up at. their third round pick overall for, oh. to, to, for Brandon Allen. But, but Doc, on this, to, to your point, Derek, about, and to Doc's point about, uh, you know, Yes, Trey's going to be behind Cooper Rush and obviously Dak Prescott. Let's see how it goes. Why wouldn't it have been a Vikings good good choice for Minnesota? 
How long you got Kirk? Oh, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I would have. T- I'm all for it. I'm just telling you why they didn't. Okay. Yeah. So you're you'd have yeah. been okay with that? Oh, for sure. For if a fourth he, round pick yeah. to yeah. pick up a kid who's yeah. got that much potential, I've been all for it. But I I just knew when if the Vikings weren't going to make a move for him because Kyle Shanahan and Those Kevin O'Connell maybe, yeah, know gotcha. each other, and I saw them chum around together last year at the uh, joint practice down at. Trust me, those phone calls. I mean, it's like anything. If you got a young man come in and he worked, a, hey, what did you think of this guy? He just applied for this job. He worked for you two years ago. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't want a part of him. Yeah. He's kind of a. I'm not saying this about Trey. No, I'm just using no, this gotcha. as an example. Yeah. You got to. I just don't think gotcha. that he's got the whatever to get it done. Yeah. That happens in the NFL all right. the time. The guy came into the office. Right. He kept breaking our copier. I don't know what it was. But I mean, it's like Kareem guy. Hunt is not playing right now. <laughs> Right. I, I just really think that in Dallas' situation, this is a really shrewd move. Now, there may be some things we don't know about, and there may be some medical things, but I think they, I mean, they'll get all the medical records. They know exactly what they're getting into. Well, that was going to be my question to you, Doc. We talk about yeah. secrecies. You may not know something we know, and it might be word of mouth, like you mentioned, Derek. Could be, uh, this. But some of this yeah. stuff is, is, is vastly open to these teams that are, that are making trades, correct? I mean, you're not, well, you're not holding back, they- right? guarantee you he was reviewed by the by the Dallas Cowboys medical staff all of the medical records yeah. were reviewed I mean and they were went over with a fine tooth comb and they think they think that this is a good risk for them for down the future because they've got Dak they'll have Dak here for quite a while and then you know Cooper but I think they're they're looking in the future and that's a good thing and if he turns out really well then they're then they're smelling like a like a rose but I think they're looking towards the future. They're not looking for him to play right away, and that's the wrong thing. I think he's going to have to assimilate to a professional level. I mean, it's one thing doing drills all the time, but it's a whole different thing. You get in the game, and, yeah. and you've got real-life experience coming at you. So I think this is a good move for yeah. trade. It allows him to progress at a, a fairly reasonable rate, not thrown in and thrown to the wolves right away, which I think San Francisco did in some respects. And and you worry about that, especially on their confidence level, you know, that all of a sudden, man, that gets shot down. And remember, this 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid, I mean, that's easy to do. So I, I think unless there was a huge issue, which there probably wasn't, or they wouldn't have made the deal, I think it's a pretty good move for the Cowboys and probably for Trey. After being at Jerry World in the nightclub that he has when we were down in Frisco this past winter, <laughs> I would like to be the 21-year-old quarterback for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I think that would be a, and, and a good way, place to be back right, in the day. Trey's still making four or five yeah. next year. You know, he's still getting uh, getting paid on that. It would be awesome as if Jerry just said, let's just sign Cars. Bring them both in, for goodness sakes. I'd get a, bo- a lot better looking. In I know. two years, then you have a quarterback competition between Cooper Rush, Trey Lance, and Carson Wentz, let's go, let's go. Well, it's interesting to see what happens with Will Greer, Greer here too, because right. he was the third guy and high, you know highly t- touted guy coming out of Florida. It yes. Just hasn't worked out, but you know, so they got four guys probably released. You know, Greer by the end of the day, and we'll see if Greer gets picked up by somebody. That'd be the question, Doc. Uh, in the NFL, and not having all starters in front of us here, we can uh, toy. It's like you know, which team? What what are the teams that are most vulnerable if they get injured at quarterback? And if that's the question, do the Niners make that? I don't know. You just talked about yeah, it, Derek. They, and Phil, they're a they, good defensive team. They can maybe get by with, with that. Yeah, I, I think Tampa Bay's their that's their weak spot. Yeah. I boy. I mean Baker Mayfield has not been a, a healthy guy in his whole career. And he all he needs is one thing and what do you got? What do you got after that? 
Carson one eight hundred Carson Wentz. I think that's is what exa- you're looking. That's why you're still working <laughs> on if you're Carson Wentz. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Still, he's damaged goods too. Well, I and, mean, think about. It. Well, for sure. You know, I mean, and so I think that you know it's it's the game of Russian roulette a little bit. But I mean, boy, Tampa Bay is one. Okay, listen, you want to talk about that CTE study? Because yeah, did you see crazy. that study that that diagnosed? Oh, I did. Okay, I, I could, and maybe you can. Uh, and, can paraphrase that. I know that some some of these deaths have been uh, uh, suicide, the most common cause. Right. But it was a study doc of, of athletes who died before thirty, and uh, it, it, an alarming percentage. I think I saw the number like forty percent of youth, 40%. high school, and college athletes, primarily, I believe, in football. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. That had repetitive head impacts. And so on and so forth. So, so give me a, if you if you've read a little bit of it, what 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 do we take out of this? And I and I don't want you to dismiss the fact of suicide because we're finding more and more that these guys that have problems with CTE, which is chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which means, you know, these plaques build up and these these deposits from repetitive micro trauma into the head. I mean, that may short circuit some things and may may lead them to suicidal thoughts. I mean, there's there's a lot to pack here. That, that's going to come out. But this is by the brain study group that's doing this at Boston University. And basically what they're doing is that when people pass on, they're trying to ask if they can have their brains donated so they can evaluate for these things. And it's pretty alarming. I mean, that's 40%. That's a lot. I mean, when you think about all the football players, I don't know what the exact number would be, but I bet it's 20,000, if not more, you know, a year, high school and college and everything else. I mean, that's a pretty significant number. I mean, that's half of them. And, and the more and more that we're learning, you know, about uh, brain trauma and things, um, it, it's going to pose the question, are we subjecting these kids to an unnecessary early death by letting them play in contact sport? That's going to come out and it's going to come up. And do we, are, do we have the capability now to protect them from that? My answer is no. I mean, it, it's, this is a risky sport. This is the inherent risk when you play contact sports such as ice hockey and football. But are people going to be starting to back off and not participate in those sports because of this study? Maybe. I mean, there's there's a lot here, and it's pretty impressive. I think the bottom line is is that the medical treatment and diagnosis of it is much better. We're not perfect, and and there isn't a perfect helmet out there other than you just don't play. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's going to come down to the point. Are you, do you want to risk your child or your kid to to play this, knowing that forty percent of them have chronic traumatic encephalopathy somewhere down the line, and may lead to an early death? Is um, it important to note yeah, here, Doc, that that suicide isn't a direct link between these two? Right at, at this juncture, we can't directly. Yeah, we don't right? know that. No, we don't know that. But we do know that some of these guys with CTE, they do have, they do do suicide. I mean, there's been professional football players. That have yeah, Junior say, or, uh, and, yeah, right. And we wonder, is it is it the CTE that's causing the abnormal mental status for these guys that then pushes them over the edge? Like depression and apathy and all of that? Yeah. that. yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, and it's, it's a small number when you think about it, 152 uh, brains that were evaluated. I mean, it's a significant number, but I mean, start to do statistical analysis on it, and it's pretty small. So it's going to be interesting to really see how this all plays out. Um, and the one thing is, is that, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is uh, reconfirming that, okay, context, there's a risk to it. 
and that risk is to your head, and then not only that, but risk to other parts of the body. And are you to risk to play this sport now? It'll Football be being signaled out, I'd imagine soccer's yep. got a pl- soccer probably in there somewhere because of the head usage, soccer, right? It's probably going football, hockey. Football, hockey. Actually. If you look at the number, I think they don't talk about that. Soccer's always been number one because of the so many concussions from the headers. That's from, which from is the head, right? crazy to me. But yeah, well, we thought that, but the reality was we didn't see that. It was interesting. There was a that was a study done in Europe. You know, everybody thought, oh, the headers are causing the concussions and all that stuff. Actually, it wasn't. It was the hit of the opposing head where they would knock heads or they would fall to the ground Yikes. and hit mm. the hard turf. Them. But as you go further on into that study, they talk about. A uh, smaller number played ice hockey and soccer. So, I mean, there's something in that. Okay. The uh, the other thing that's interesting, and I don't know that it really delineated, I'd have to pull that up and see. I didn't see the gender so much. And we do know that women are having a little bit more higher incidence of concussion than men in some sports. Uh, so I didn't see that in there. Um, but that would be an interesting that, thing too. So and and my last thing, and I know that I know that we're up against the clock. My last thing for you on this, of the mountain of studies that need to be done, and the mountain of studies that have been done, how far are we up the mountain, Doc? In a sentence or two, uh, to finding out some real answers here. Oh, I think we're getting close. I mean, this okay. study kind of provides. I mean, I I would think uh, uh, we're definitely above tree line. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I yeah, we're, we're, but then the question is, okay, we've got that information. What do we do with it? You know, and, and, and we know they're risky sports, but we know we're kind of at that point where we've developed the, the, the equipment probably is as good as it's going to get. Maybe there'll be some tweaks down the line, hmm. but it's going to come down to, and it really is going to come down to the players have to respect each other and have to respect how to hit another player. Right, between maybe, equipment and technique. Yep, I, I, you still see those headshots, and those guys are taking them. They're lowering their head, and so it's going to have to be an educational process with coaching early on and really emphasizing that, that you just don't use your head as a battering ring. And, and, and if you look at a lot of these, that's where it's coming from, uh, you know, that head-to-head contact. And, and, and we're seeing less of it, but it's still out there. He is Doc Phil Johnson. He always uh, intriguing. Obviously, we'll pick up more of this as we – as we as we move along to Doc, I'm glad you went loon fishing or shark baiting or what did you have? Uh, oh, steelheading. Steelheading. That's what a loon Which fishing. Which is a rainbow trout. That's it, baby. I think there's a minor league baseball team called the Steelheads. Steelheads. I think so. Well, there's the there's the Mississauga Steelheaders, which is a, a junior uh, a hockey. hockey team. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, Doc. Yeah. You're a champion, man. Thanks for the info today. Good good chat. We'll do it again next week. Sounds great, guys. Take care. Yeah, the great Dr. Phil Johnson. More coming up next. It is a Monday edition Jack Michaels show. Derek Hansen on 740 The Fan. Kenta, not your Borup. Yeah. But my Ada tonight for the uh, Twins against Cleveland. So, Derek, I saw the uh, story out. So the decision on ACC expansion is expected this week. Uh, continued momentum was the word that was adding toward the league adding. Stanford, Cal, and SMU. Now, none of those make sense to me. SMU, yeah, well, SMU's deal 
uh, is expected to join with no broadcast media revenue for seven years. Cal and Stanford are expected to initially join at approximately 30% shares. This is the uh, the latest hubbub out of that. To so, make it 20, aren't you a little surprised that the Big Ten didn't want Cal Stanford, the Bay Area market? I mean, I guess so it's not so much the clicks. <laughs> I mean, I talked to David Moulton about this last week, a right? guy who's in TV and you know, Brock, the uh, spotter researcher yeah. used to be in this building. Which actually, we, we might need to get Dave on here pretty yeah. soon with the ever changing uh, the different scale. And so. I, well, I did have him on my show a couple of weeks ago, and he just talked about. He goes, "So really, the markets don't even matter anymore because it's all about clicks and how you're going to do yeah. it." And 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 so the Big Ten isn't really worried about per subscriber rate the way they were before. That's still important to them, but it's also about getting on the app and buying the app and that type yeah. of thing. But you still think you'd want the San Francisco Bay Area? Which you, you would, would gather with at least one, if not both of them. Well, Clemson and some of the other ACC uh, standouts. You know, one of four, one of the four ACC schools that had objected because they had objected to those additions we just talked about: Cal, Stanford, and maybe SMU. Maybe they yeah. didn't care. Clemson, Florida State, NC State, North Carolina needed to change its vote. One of those did, and that they say is expected to happen this week. Unbelievable! Which is why we've now turned the corner to continued momentum of adding those schools. The Atlantic Coast Conference. Featuring the Atlantic oh, Coast. Albert. <laughs> the Stanford From Cardinal. the Pacific. I've always thought. When if I there's thought, a Pacific division of the Atlantic Coast Conference, I, I give up. When, I, when, when we were making the Atlantic Coast, I thought, we should add that team from Palo Alto. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you think this is getting so wacky that someday – the the college president's got to get together and say, "Listen, we've gone we've gone the wild wild west here. Right? Let's go back to kind of the original conferences for all the other sports and football. Let's just have a free for all. We're all like independent at this right. point because I mean, there's probably just too much money to be involved in it. Because I don't like this at all. I think it is the death knell of college sports. It it is a beyond. Reggie were joking up here. He goes, what happened to the pack? Whatever the pack ten, pack twelve. Well, I can like, tell you what happened if yeah. you want. Tom well, Hansen. I mean, I know- Tom Hansen, the longtime commissioner out there, and then you know it was it's taken over by Larry Scott. Those gentlemen had no vision, vision. Yeah. none, and they, they could not see what was coming. They thought everyone was going to be on with them. It's oh, let's keep the tradition yeah. of the we're student athletes. Lo- we're not going to lose this uh, institution. And I is. only know this, and this is really sounds wonky, but from the days that I was a college kid, sending in these things to college, yep. you know, conference commissioners and presidents. Hey, we got it. You guys are going to lose everything here if you don't get on board and start incorporating the Bulls into some type of tournament. And they always have to, you know what, the whole nope. thing, all the way to the BCS into the college football playoff. I'm still waiting for my residual checks on that. Yep. I'm joking. Yep. But I would actually get responses from those two guys. Because of your passion, your fear, maybe I could add that word, because of I your see love this coming. And, and you see it on the wall. Here you are, some uh, young college. 30 years later going, see? Here we are, because, and it is thirty years later, because this started to explode, the nineteen ninety three season when Florida State and Charlie Ward were kind of the talk of the college football world, and then they went to Notre Dame and got upset. And the following week, Notre Dame lost to Boston College at home. It was a total letdown game, right? Yep. And if Pete Bursich would have caught the interception, they would have won a national championship, probably. But that's a whole different story. And then they go to Nebraska, does Florida State in the Orange Bowl, and they win. And then Notre Dame saying, hey, we beat Florida State, whatever. But then 
the all the money and the TV money started getting ridiculous in the mid '90s, and you could see this coming, right? And then we're having Miami and Washington share national titles, and you had Michigan and Nebraska in '97 sharing national championships. You see what I just? And you had to fix this, and they didn't do it. And the and Larry Scott and t- Tom Hansen be like, oh, it's it's just. Don't you just love this the, we the, needed, the pageantry we, of everything? We needed our Larry Scott from locally here, Scotty. But do you see what I just Googled an image of, Derek? I was going to try to make an example, and then maybe it's going to be bad. But that's a picture of a cow. Yeah, a cow. I know he split up all the... Right. So now, I mean, all those parts are pretty good, right? Like the chuck up here. Yeah. And then the rib right here. And then the short loin right here. You know, and then you got the top sirloin, the tenderloin, the sirloin kind of in the back there, the round right there by the buttocks of the cow, pretty right. good. The flank underneath here, the brisket. Ooh, you love the brisket, right? That's up here. That's like the. That's like the, we had them all. We had them all in their spot, and now we're mixing. Now we're mixing the chucks. Oh, with the for bottom. sure, it's a mess <laughs> now. And, and, we, and the caveat being, well, it's all going to taste even better. We'll mix the chuck part of the cow <laughs> with the back plank and around. We can move that with a brisket. Wait, you got round in my brisket. That's the argument, Derek. You've got your round in ah, my brisket. That's a great analogy. I love it. <laughs> Took me a picture of a cow. I literally, Derek can say, we have a picture of a cow up here with all the, and we don't even get to the shanks. The um, twins tonight. Cleveland, I, yes. I smell a six, six o'clock. o'clock. Mm-hmm. Six pre, six forty. No Red Hawks tonight. Now then, are you going to go home and rest? I, mean, I am, but I have a meeting in Grand Forks oh, that's to great. go over Drake Saturday in Grand Forks. NDSU's at U.S. Bank to yeah, end on right. Eastern Washington Saturday. I mean, Cobbers, Dragons, you got them all. Everybody's uh, getting underway. Uh, there's a Dragons play Thursday, Coppers or Saturday. You got it all. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next. Thank you, Doc Phil. Right here on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM KNFL.